Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. <laughs> no one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. Hey, just before we get started, this is a conspiracy, paranormal, and true crime podcast. The nature of this podcast is gory, unsettling, and definitely vulgar. And we curse a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. So be advised. But we're just two idiots with a mic. Yo, 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 and welcome back to Creeps and Crimes Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan, and this is episode 88. I'm going to freak out when we get to triple dig. Can you imagine episode 100? Do you want to know what I think I want to do? No, I don't want to know. Triple dig, yeah. I caught that. It was good. Play on words. I liked it. I liked it, okay? Yeah. What what am I going to do? Do you have one guess? The case that you've been most I know exactly what me. it is. I know it's Andrew Bosiago. It is Andrew Bosiago. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to be pissed if you don't do it. I'm going to do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm so uh, excited. I literally, I'm so excited. I don't think I've ever been more excited about anything in the entire world. You're going to love it. Uh, you guys are also going to love, love it. it. Anyone that we know in life whose first name is Andrew, just know that we, we call you we Andrew Bosiago. <laughs> Your name is Andrew Basiago. For for some reason, we don't know. You know. <laughs> you know, you know. You know, you know. But you know how, like, people become characters in your life and mm-hmm. you, like, give them a full name or, like, a yeah, random there's name? There's a couple Andrew Basiagos out there. Yeah, we have a couple of those. We also have a blank, blank money man. And that's yeah. a whole another person. <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of good, a lot of good little terms for people that, we, that have just, like, came into our life and became just characters and everything yeah, that we do for sure but it is pride month happy pride month happy, happy june month. it is officially it is officially pride month and tay month oh and tay month and tay month it's my birthday it's month. her favorite bitches. month guys it's my favorite month this june is, 27th coming in hot we're 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 currently in are we in gemini right now are we in gemini season i, I don't know I don't know. I do know I'm on the cusp of Gemini and and, and there's July cancers and June cancers. And you're so I guess beginning. it's Gemini. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's sense. Gemini. And yeah, it's that time. It's that time of the year. Ooh. And I'm so excited. Mercury is a few away from You being know what? Out of we retrograde. hate Okay, let's talk about okay, Mercury. Okay, we're going to talk second. about Mercury for We act like we hate mercury when it's in retrograde and we do but it always does us so good at it the does. same time it it's just the beginning is so hectic yeah for us we immediately know and then like after we like get in the groove of things mercury's like all right ladies like i promise i was coming for something good yeah here i am and here this is and so. drops us a little something 
Yeah. I'm like, well, oh, it just sprinkles on us. Merc. Just a little. We love it so much. Love you so much, Merc. <laughs> Hate you. Hate it. Love it. Hate it. Love it. But before we get into our re- regular little spiel that's going to be quick, um, we did want to let you guys know that we are going to be discussing the Buffalo and uh, Rob Elementary School shootings at the end of this episode um, because we did not want to make it to where you had to listen to it or be exposed to that if that was not something you were in the mindset for currently yeah so if you would like to stay it's going to be after my story at the very end um and we will get on that more but we wanted to kind of keep it in the beginning you know fun and light it's been a really dark past few weeks um here in the states for those who are international listeners and um it's pride month though so we had to you know bring it with some rainbow we gotta bring it some rainbow yeah. And I literally will never go over the fact that we didn't do Pride Month I know. merch. Guys, I've heard about it for the last two weeks. I literally am so pissed. I can't believe we didn't do Pride merch. Why didn't we do Pride merch? I've been preparing I for know, Pride Month. I know, I know. I've been so excited for it. And then I literally, I, it totally slipped my mind. But we're promising right now, tattoo it on our foreheads. <laughs> Next year, season three you're going to get pride merch from us and yeah. we're going to find a place that we can donate a chunk of the the profits proceeding how do you how do you proceeds proceeds there we go to a local or national organization and we're gonna do that next year but what are we gonna do this month tell them what you're doing okay guys so for this month i am dedicating all of my cases to lgbtq plus cases that are either unsolved undercovered or something that really changed a case that basically brought a lot of light into the way that lgbtq plus cases were investigated i just feel like there's just not enough podcasts that cover these cases for sure and we're going we're gonna dedicate this whole month to it just like we did in February with Black History Month. Snaps for Taylor. I would love to dedicate a whole month, but um, I'm not sure if you guys know, it's really hard to find some gay ghosts out there. So we, we thought if we, we find one, one, I will cover it. If anybody knows of any gay ghosts, we would love, love, love to cover a let gay ghost. Let us know, please. Please let us know. Let's hit him with it. If you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. If you got a glass, pour that shit up. And let's get Creepy! Oh, also, before we get into these cases, which Morgan has hyped hers up so much to me, I literally <laughs> I'm freaking out. I don't know what it is. You guys are literally be like, I fucking hate her. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited to hate you. Yeah, um, you're gonna hate but me. the uh, we did we noticed the other day that a we have a ton of new listeners. So welcome, hello, hello everybody. Um, thank you so much for joining us. If you listen to episode one. I bet you're Why? shocked. I bet you're so shocked to hear us right now. You're like, wow, these <laughs> mic qualities are amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, we've done our best, okay? Um, but also, we noticed that only 10% of you, Maybe 10 to 15%. What'd you say? Maybe less than 10%. Maybe, yeah. Literally follow us on social media. And so... Instagram and social media, really Instagram and Facebook, that is really where everything is in terms of pictures that we're referring to, links to all of these ads are also in the description. We do fun things out there. Yeah. 
Well, we think it's fun. Fun, funny videos, get to know us. So, and we, we talk all the time with you guys. So yeah. we would love to see your faces in our Instagram DMs. Get to know you. Yeah, we want to be able to hang out with you and talk with you and get to show all of our stupid stories that we do. Mm-hmm. So check us out on Instagram at Creeps and Crimes Podcast and on Twitter at Creeps underscore We've been Crimes. we so long. And on TikTok at Creeps and Crimes. Mm-hmm. And then on Facebook at Creeps and Crimes Podcast. And if you have a question, a creepy account that you want to submit, you can do that through our website and or you can send it to our email, which is creeps and crimes podcast at gmail.com. And Morgan, go ahead and hit them up with your personal. Yeah, I'm going to hit you guys up with my personal because the podcast almost has more followers than me. <laughs> They're like 30 away from topping me and it's making me sad. So can you please follow my personal? It's at morg.m. We haven't said more. If the podcast passes me, that's it. It's over for me. It's over. She quits the podcast. It's over for me. I I delete my Instagram. So immediately go follow her right now. (laughs) I'm just kidding. And mine is Taylor J with an A. That is T-A-Y-L-A-R dot J. Oh, no. Not dot J. J. (laughs) It's T-A-Y-L-A-R J. J. No dot. No No dot. Okay. Yeah. No dot. And also you can follow Whoever Taylor dot J is though is probably going to be getting like (laughs) hundreds of followers. They're going to be like, what is happening? And then also um, you can follow us on our TikToks. Yeah, mine's TikToks. What is mine? Mine is Morgan Mounts two. Is Morgan it Morgan Mounts R three? Mounts? No, it's Morgan Mounts three. Morgan Mounts it's three, weird. and then mine is Taylor Jane ninety eight. Taylor Jane ninety eight, um, which a lot of you guys came from. Yeah, that's there, where you're so all from. You follow me. So, yeah. Hi there. Okay, Morgan. I'm so excited to hear what Are you, you nervous have. a little. I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm I'm doing excited. something that I don't do often, and that's talking about like a cryptid. Um, oh my! So God. it is officially summertime it is june it's june schools are out what's a better way to kick start the summer than getting refreshed Mm. when i talk about the legend of the melon heads no fucking way have you ever heard of this i've heard of the melon heads i've never heard the entire story well you are about to morgan i'm gonna freak isn't that funny we need pina coladas what are we doing wasn't that i was like i should bring a watermelon why don't we have drinks? It's summer, babes. I know. Should I go pour some drinks? Some pina coladas. If you like pina... Oh, pause. Actually, I'm so sorry, guys. But before I start... Oh. No, you don't actually have to pause. <laughs> I was actually putting the pause. You know our true our true fruits, the frozen things that we like? What are they called? True true, true fruit. True, true fruit? fruits? Yeah. There's pineapple covered in white chocolate Your with pina. coconut in between, and it tastes just like a pina colada. It is fucking amazing, You're Taylor. lying to me. Fresh Market. I'm going to the store right after Fresh this. Market. They're so good. I ate a whole bag. And Logan like got the strawberries. I don't like it. And them. milk chocolate. And I was like, what in the hell yeah, no. are you doing? He's banned from He's Fresh Market. He's done. He went to Costco once. <laughs> and Costco. Ruined He's banned. It. And then he got cup of noodles. I don't like cup of noodles. <laughs> I like the type that you're allergic to. I'm not even going to lie to you guys right now. If you see us not on YouTube, it's because I'm breaking out really bad. <laughs> we got breakouts everywhere. We got breakouts going on. We, we got a lot of stress going on. And of course, it's happening because we're stressed about the events that we're a part of. Yeah. And now I'm going to be walking into a gender reveal, a bridal luncheon, a bridal shower with probably massive a zits on my party face. with <laughs> massive zits all over my massive face. Massive zits all over our face. We've all had struggles with our skin, and that's why we are excited to partner with Apostrophe, the sponsor of this episode. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. At Apostrophe, a board-certified dermatologist will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. And simply, all you have to do is fill out the Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history, and then... 
snap a few selfies. It's a little intimidating, but we did it. <laughs> so you can it. do it. <laughs> and a board certified dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan. Apostrophe treats all types of acne from hormonal acne to facial acne and even chest knee, back knee and butt knee. They treat breakouts from head to toe. As you guys know, because you've heard about me talk about it in the beginning of this and before on other ads that I really do struggle with acne and face acne. And my main goal for this year was to get it cleared. And I've been working really hard to do it. I've been using my apostrophe medications every single night as I'm instructed. And I love the way my skin looks, feels, and I just feel really comfortable in it. Me too. And my number one goal for this summer is to use a dermatologist certified sunscreen. Yes. And I've been loving my sunscreen. I'm so worried about skin damage and wrinkles and me too that is my one goal I'm is to use it religiously because it should yeah. be not even just summertime year round but year round I'm really gonna focus hard on it this summer me too and I don't know why I'm so scared about my chest right now I put sunscreen on before I go to bed that's how scared I am about my chest <laughs> the moon burn <laughs> I just don't want a wrinkly chest <laughs> so if you're just as anxious as us we have a special deal for you save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash creeps and crimes when you use our code creeps and crimes, this code is only available to our listeners. Exclusive. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash creeps and crimes and click begin visit. Then use our code creeps and crimes at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash creeps and crimes and use that code creeps and crimes to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, I'm getting started. Okay, sorry, go into the game. Alrighty, so melon heads are creatures whose legends have infiltrated the nightmares of children and terrorized local townspeople for mm. years. There are three different variations of the legend of melon heads that are spread across three different states. Michigan, Ohio, and Connecticut. Hmm. Melon heads, though, what are they? Yeah. And I keep wanting to say lemon heads like the candy, but that's yeah, not lemon it. Heads. Picture a child with an abnormally large head like i'm talking like they looks like their brains almost outside of their head oh God. like so large that you're kind of wondering how the fuck could that come through a birth canal <laughs> you know oh no melon heads are childlike humanoids with oversized heads their heads are very like veiny they have like Ooh. very minimal hair Ooh. um and that's like the good word to use is like bulbous Oh, I don't know. I got that on Wikipedia. I had to look it up. I was like, that's a really good word. I hope people know what that means. No hate to all of our real life bald melon heads out there, but <laughs> gross. We love our melon heads. We love you, melon heads. Um, <laughs> they live and hide in secluded areas in the woods, and they rarely come out of hiding until that is they run out of food. Oh. It is believed that melon heads survive by eating animals, um, by eating stray domestic animals like cats and dogs, oh, and of course your typical human flesh. Great. That's right. Our human flesh is their roots crisp filet. Perfect. Um, apparently we are delicious, but even more delicious than your average adult human is your children and teenagers. Oftentimes, teenagers or children who have run away or disappeared in this area where the legend surrounds, um, especially back in the day, they have been thought to have been captured and eaten by melon heads. Whoa. What the fuck? But generally, the legend says that melon heads will prey upon any human that just wanders into the territory. So, of course, their territory is not marked. So it's kind of like wrong place, wrong kind kind yeah. of ordeal. But where did they come from? Yeah. The stories about people with large heads living off in a secluded country area goes back over 100 years in Europe. 
In the mid-19th century, there was supposedly a large family of melon heads that lived in Bavaria, Germany, Hmm. which is the first reported. But shortly after, around 1900, there was an inbred family of melon heads um, that were said to live outside Risbury, England. Hmm. But that doesn't explain how three spread out states here in the United States could have totally different origin stories and none have to do with the fact that they were first heard about in Europe. Hmm. Most believe that melon heads are the result of inbred breeding for generations causing human deformities. But this is the United States we are talking about. So, of course, there is always the theory that melon heads are the result of government testing on humans gone wrong Hmm. and left abandoned to fend for themselves. Many believe that these creatures are the result of some time some time ago um, a secret government project that involved like strange experiments on human subjects and whatever they were testing it resulted in the subject's head swelling to enormous sizes oh but like any good government conspiracy the best thing to do would be to cover it up and come up with some crazy origin stories right so let's dive into each state first we have ohio ohio's origin is pretty fucked up um, there are two variations of origin for the legend of melon heads in Ohio, both of which focus in on one doctor named Dr. Crow. In the first variation, Dr. Crow worked at a psychiatric facility in Kirtland, Ohio. Here, he picked out special children that would be perfect for his twisted mad scientist experiments. Mm. These were torturous experiments where he would inject chemicals into their brains, causing their craniums to substantially grow. Dr. Crow was also huge on lobotomies, which would leave these poor children in a state of like mental anguish. And because of their abnormal growth, the children then developed something called hydrocephalus, which is a buildup of fluid in the cavities deep within the brain, which often leads to brain damage. I know. So sad. Eventually, after years of abuse, the melon heads brutally killed Dr. Crow, burned down his facility and retreated into the woods to live in isolation. Why does that sound like the entire plot of Stranger Things? Whoa. Whoa. Are we on to something? We're on to something. Oh, my God. Oh. Um, the second version of Ohio's origin involves Dr. Crow, yes, but mainly focuses on his wife. During this story, Dr. Crow and his wife are living in an isolated cabin in the woods and were asked to care for a group of children that were sick with hydrocephalus which is a disease that affects the cerebrospinal fluid, causing the head to swell. Oh. Mean fucks from the town began calling the children melon heads mm. or referring the family in the woods as the melon heads, and the name stuck. Mrs. Crow began to see that the nickname was hurting the kids' feeling. I mean, yeah. hell, hell yeah. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> and in turn, pulling the kids closer to her and sheltering them from the evil outside world. The day that Mrs. Crow passed away, one of the two humans that loved them for who they were, the children immediately felt lost. They mm. were broken, breaking down. They were panicked, and they started to begin to throw tantrums. I don't know yeah. why I'm getting lost in my words. Anyway, they ended up knocking over a kerosene lamp, setting the entire cabin on fire, killing themselves, Dr. Crow, and sending the cabin to ashes. Oh. In this version of the story, the melon heads of Ohio are the ghosts of the children who burned to death in this cabin. Oh. So they're just ghosts. Isn't they're that just crazy? ghosts. Yeah, they're not yeah. cryptids. <clears throat> Also, this is notable to mention, this does not pertain to the melon heads, but there is very gruesome legends that surround the same Dr. Crow, so I think it's important to share. Um, trigger warning. It is believed that Dr. Crow was performing illegal abortions in his cabin. During this time, apparently, he was like some serial baby killer. 
like but like his spare time like a baby killer in the way of like he <clears throat> no was doing like it for separately women. like he like in his spare time he would go kill babies like not like abortions. alive babies yeah like not Whoa. like not abortion I was gonna say I'm like he was honestly doing the Lord's work in the beginning, right. but then he went and started murdering babies. Yeah, <laughs> um, he would then bury these babies that he killed and like around his house oh, and around shit. his property. Um, many say that his cabin is now haunted. Um, I mean, the yeah. basement is filled with echoes of cries from the departed babies, oh. as well as the area around the cabin. Uh-uh. The legend is so known that the bridge near Doctor Crow's cabin is named Cry Baby Bridge. Which is kind of fucked up, Ohio. That is so bad, Ohio. That is so messed up. Ohio, what, what babes? <laughs> Crybaby Bridge. Let's, let's rename that. Like, really? That is messed up. Let's change that. I'm sorry. That is so um, bad. <clears throat> the next location we have is Michigan. In Michigan, the legend starts at the Felt Mansion in Holland, Michigan. The Felt Mansion was built in 1928 by Dor Felt as a summer home for his wife, Agnes. But in August of 1928, that same year, Agnes fell ill and suddenly died at the estate. Dor was then remarried less than a year later, which mm. that's not surprising. Not in the 1920s. Um, but the new wife hated the summer estate. She was not about it. And she preferred to live in the OG home that was located in the city of Chicago. Okay. Dor Felt died two years later in 1930 and left the estate to his children who kept it for 19 years. In 1949, the Felt children sold their father's estate to the Chicago province of the Augustinian Order of the Catholic Church, Mm. which then turned the mansion into the St. Augustine Catholic Seminary Preparatory School for boys. It served as a chapel and house, both priests and students. In 1977, the Felt estate was purchased by the state of Michigan, who then used it as a police post and converted the school building into a jail, the Saguatuck Dunes Correctional Facility. The prison was closed in 1991, and in 1995, the state sold the 44-acre estate to Lake Town Township for $1, (laughs) with the stipulation that the mansion be preserved and owned and operated by the public. Currently, the property is listed in the National Register of Historic Places. Wow. The Felt Mansion and its property is the number one hotspot of the Melon Heads in Michigan. It's the hangout place, if you will. According to the legend and word of mouth spread by generation after generation, the Felt Mansion was once a hospital, even though this was not ever documented. Mm. It was treating hydrocephalic children, what they called back then waterhead syndrome, but once found out by officials that it was an unlicensed like hospital ward, they were forced to close down, leaving the children nowhere to go but the area surrounding the mansion. Another version of this is the Junction Insane Asylum that was near Felt Mansion. In this story, children were subjected to horrible treatments and experiments resulting Mm. in their heads being deformed. They were physically and emotionally abused, and after chemical after chemical being pumped into their brain, they turned into these, like, feral mutants, and they were released into the forest that surround the asylum and eventually made home to the estate property. Wow. Of course, there is no proof of any of this, but the legend lives on. Locals claim to encounter melon heads near the Felt Mansion. Visitors and late-night explorers have reported seeing curtains moving in the windows, hearing strange noises, heavy breathing. I put heaving. Heaving. Heavy breathing, um, footsteps, and report shadows darting through the darkness. No. Also, this is on one source, but it's a legend, so I guess I should have mentioned it, but I didn't write notes on it, so I'm going to try to remember it real quickly, Um, is that while this was a hospital, they were mistreating the kids, and this doctor there was, like, killing them, and this is different than Dr. Crow. This is in Michigan Another killer doctor. 
Yeah, another killing doctor. And people say that when they see the mansion, they can see up in like into the bedroom, like in the shadows of like vividly of like a doctor killing kids. Like <gasps> oh, that's like shit. what they see. Isn't that fucked up? Like some psycho. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Mm. Ew, I don't like that sound. Oh. Should we put that sound in here? Do we have no, that sound? No, I'm not getting that sound in here. <laughs> um, and then onto our third, which is Connecticut. There are two variations of the melon heads here in Connecticut. But the Melonhead legend surrounds the areas of Fairfield County, which is Trumbull, Shelton, Stratford, Monroe, Seymour, East and Weston, Oxford, Milford, and Southbury, Connecticut. Mm. And it is a huge legend here, like one that you know since the time you can talk, and it terrifies people. There are two variations to the Connecticut Melonhead origins. The first is that Fairfield County was the location of an asylum for the criminally insane the Garner Correctional Institute that burned down in the fall of 1960. This fire killed nearly everyone, the staff and the patients. But afterwards, there were 10 to 20 patients who were unaccounted for. These patients are believed to have survived the fire and escaped into the woods. Once in the woods, they resulted to cannibalism in order to survive the below freezing temperatures in the winter, as well as inbreeding. Over time, their appearance had drastically changed due to these two things. Mm -hmm. The other variation surrounds the Shelton Trumbull family. The Shelton Trumbulls were banished from Fairfield County due to accusations of witchcraft. Mm. This caused them to retreat into the woods. And this legend, like the first, attributes their appearance to inbreeding so that this family of witches or not witches can continue on. The melon heads in Connecticut are terrorizing creatures, said to as well have abnormally large heads, but also, this version, very sharp teeth. They will take children and teenagers and adults just because they trespass into their land. Any unmarked, one-way, creepy road in Fairfield County, Connecticut, stay away from. It is most likely the territory of the melon heads. And Roosevelt National Forest is their home. But there's no better person to talk about the legend of the melon heads than a person who has lived alongside the Roosevelt Forest her whole childhood. Today, you'll be hearing from Nicole, who is a co-worker of mine, who grew up in Stratford, Connecticut, and was terrorized by the melon head legend. So here is Nicole describing her first time ever hearing about the legend of the melon heads. There's not an exact time I remember when I first heard about the melon heads it's just around elementary school time when you're first having those sleepovers where you're telling ghost stories or you know somebody who has older siblings that were like did you ever hear about the melon heads in the forest that's when you hear about them also like i was a girl scout and you're going on these camping trips in the roosevelt forest i mean you were always scared to death one little broken branch or you're trying to sleep at night and we all knew about the melon heads what it was that I can remember a family it's like an in, it was inbreded family and that they they live in the forest and they will kidnap you if you get too close to them and eat you I know it sounds crazy but those legends just are a part of the, the town you just always remember it so when you're camping or you're on walking trails you're like the melon heads keep out for the melon heads 
And locals have experienced this. This is the legend of the Blue Granada. Oh. Back in the 1980s, a group of girls from Notre Dame High School in Fairfield had decided to drive around after a Friday night football game, which we know what that meant. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a perfect time for a nice little smoke. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> um, anyway, they all piled into a Blue Granada and went on a search to find the melon heads. Mm. Eventually, they ended up on Velvet Street in Trumbull, and the girls put the car in park. They left the headlights on and they began to exit the car to venture out into the woods without shutting the car doors. Oh, no. About 100 feet away from the car, they heard their car door slam. No. Then the engine started and the car began barreling towards them. Literally, no. They could see these beings inside with clearly evil intent. These beings were the size of children. They had large heads, raggedy old clothes on, and their eyes were glowing orange. The girls did make it home that night after having to run through the woods into the closest house, but they never saw their car again. And the legend says that the Melonheads are still driving around in that blue Granada. <laughs> no, not in the blue um, Granada. Some notorious areas of Melonhead spottings are Edmonds Road in Oxford, Velvet Street in Trumbull, Zion, Zion Hill Road in Milford, the roads around Lake Mohegan in Fairfield, Marginal Road in New Haven, Jeremy Samps Road in Southbury, and any path or road in or around Roosevelt Forest in Stratford. Wow. While our listener, Nicole, has never seen a melon head, she describes the ongoing terrifying feeling of being on those isolated roads. Oh, my God. Every park, every national forest has like the parking lot and the big sign, Roosevelt Forest. But every now and then you'll have side streets that just end. And all there is is like a metal barrier, you know, or a metal gate that tells you not to go any further. And I always remember it, whenever I saw one of those, I'm like, oh my God, that's... Those are those barriers are up because the melon heads are close. The legend of the melon head stays with the locals constantly in the back of their heads. Their children are not allowed to be anywhere near the forest, especially mm. not alone. In this area of Fairfield County, they have very rural and forested sections. Yeah. So therefore, it's not uncommon for these forests to have rural roads running right through them. And it's not uncommon for houses to be right next to this area. No. These roads at times are said to be a part of the Melonheads territory, and the townspeople know that. Uh, my sister still lives in, in Fairfield. I remember we were in the car, and we were driving, and one side of the road was Roosevelt Forest. And we're just going, and I was like, Melonheads! And my sister's like, you are an ass. She's like, you are such an ass. And I'm like, am I? Am I an ass? You know about the Melonheads and what they'll do. And she just gave me this look. But I can tell you, she drove a little bit faster past that forest the legend of the blue granada is not the only encounter in fairfield county there are many less detailed encounters of melon heads i cannot get over the them driving the blue, the blue granada <laughs> oh no um, construction workers who were paving sawmill city road in shelton said that they would hear voices in the woods that were speaking like a broken english they would hear twigs snapping and like small figures like bristling about you know oh, what i mean no. um Forest researchers studying fungal infest infestations in the Roosevelt Forest also said that they would constantly see strange small figures lurking in the brush. It freaked some out so much that they didn't finish the job. Oh, no. Whether melon heads are real or not, who knows, but it makes for a fun legend to pass down through generations. Before I jump into some testimonies from the Ohio Melonhead mm. locals, let's hear one last time from Nicole on whether she believes in her local legend, the Melonheads. Do I still believe? Yes and no. I mean, it's just a part of, of living in the area. Like I said, with, with, with when I was with my sister, you know, it's still in you. It's possible. You can't say it's not. You know, there's always some 
you know, I don't know if there's not an inbreded family living in the middle of the forest that eats kids. Can't disprove it. But I think anytime I'm home and I drive by the forest, this legend will always be in my head. And I'll always say it out loud, just in case there's little kids around me that want to know. I'll be, be like, oh, let me tell you about the melon head legend. Nicole's just out here trying to terrorize kids. Let me tell you about the melon head legend. She is straight up prepared to ruin a kid's night. She's to ruin their life. She's like, you want to know? Let me <laughs> let me pull this out real fast. Oh my gosh! Thank Campfire you, stories with Aunt Nicole are a no go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nicole, for giving us a little insider Thank information so on the melon head. I loved it. Thank you, Nicole. Um, before we switch over to you, Taylor, I'd like to read just two testimonies from Paul and Tony who mm. live in Ohio. Okay. These testimonies were pulled from WeirdUS.com. The first one is from Paul. He says, at Wycliffe High School in the mid-60s, we heard a different version of the Melonhead story. Some kids were driving around one day and saw a Melonhead watching them from the side of a country road. Mm. They stopped and the Melonhead ran into the woods. They followed deep into the woods and came to an old farmhouse. On the porch sat a middle-aged couple and several Melonheads. The kids had asked what was going on and the man explained that he had been a nuclear scientist during World War II. Oh. After the war, he married, but the exposure to radiation caused all of his children to be born as melonheads. The government gave him a lot of money to keep quiet and bought this secluded farmhouse where they could live out their lives away from prying eyes. He asked the kids to tell no one what they'd seen and never to return. Someone told this story at a party in the summer of 1964. Someone else thought they knew where the Melonheads lived, so we all crammed into cars and headed out to find them. Mm. We got stopped by the police on Waite Hill. When they found out where we were going, they gave us a stern lecture that there were no such things and that we should tell all of our friends that there were no Melonheads. And why are you all torn up about it? We were taken to the police station where we had to call our parents to come and get us. We all agreed that the police were so intense in trying to convince us that there were no melon heads that there had to be oh, melon heads. For sure. If not, why were the police so upset that we were looking for them? Right. From Paul. Listen up, people. There is no one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to hair care. A product that works wonders for curls might make straight hair limp and mm-hmm. greasy. Yes. I have the hardest time finding a good shampoo and conditioner for my hair. My hair is like, I want to, I have sensitive skin all around, yeah. but like my scalp is also sensitive yeah. and my hair is sensitive. It's got feelings. She's got feelings. She's got feelings. She matters. She needs to have So it's to important to talk about or to get a good shampoo and conditioner that's suited best for your hair. Right. Thanks to my personalized pros routine, I can honestly say I have never been more in love with my hair. Pros makes custom hair care that's effective because it's personal. Using natural ingredients with proven results, pros customizes every product to your routine from shampoo to supplements. First, pros starts by asking about you as a person with their in-depth consultation. Pros ask me really unexpected things like, what's your workout routine? How often do you work out? How much water do you and drink? And that surprised me because that totally plays a role in how your hair is. Yeah, and the zip code to see like what the water's like in your area. Next, Pros analyzes all of your answers and determines what unique blend of ingredients should be in every product from my custom routine. Together, Pros got all of my hair goals covered. So when I got my box in the mail, I didn't know what I was going to be most excited about. And I really thought it was going to be the shampoo because obviously it smells my, makes my hair smell amazing and all the things. Yeah. But the thing I'm most obsessed with is the charcoal scalp scrub and detox. 
Oh my gosh. Dude, I section my hair in the shower. I rub it in. I'm in a full blown spa. No longer in my house. <laughs> I, I am, am now giving myself I'm a five star spa, spa right now, getting a <laughs> massage. And it was amazing. As a carbon neutral certified B Corps, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. And if you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take back the products with no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair resume with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash creeps and crimes. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash creeps and crimes for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. And they sponsor the podcast. So go check it out. Link Thanks, is in bros. all of our bios. Thanks, bros. <laughs> yeah, Paul, you're yeah, right. Yeah, Paul, you're absolutely right. That is sus. That is so sus. Um, the next one is from Tony. He says, my name is Tony and I recently had an experience with the melon heads. It was on October 5th, 2001. My, the, recently obviously this was 20 years ago for him but um, i'm like wow that was so recent <laughs> my stepfather mom stepbrother and me were driving down chillicothe road um, might be misspelled in chardon we had been driving up and down roads in the same area for almost an hour with no luck we were just about to go home when we came up on this stretch of road that had fields on both sides in an irrigation ditch running parallel with each side of the road just then I look out my window and I saw him, a melon head. Mm. He or it was running along next to the ditch. Since the ditch was too wide to jump over, it was coming close, like it was about to jump onto the car, no. but then pulled away. At the time, we were about we were going about 45 to 50 miles per hour, and the melon head was actually keeping up with us. Oh, shit. It didn't look anything like I've heard in the stories. He looked about the same height as me, 5'7", was wearing brown pants, which were very ripped up and where the seams would be, or, sorry, very ripped up where the seams would be. It was held together by what looked like corn husk, like it was sewn together. Wow. It wore a white shirt with brown and red stains all over it, and I'm hoping that the red stains were not blood. Um, its head was a very light brown tint, and it had two holes in the side of its head, which we think were ears. Its head was swelled up, and its eyes were very big looking. Just as we turned a curve, it jumped into the woods. And that is my story of the melon heads from mm. Tony. Anyway, guys, that's all I have. I figured I'd do a fun little cryptid for you. It's silly. It's goofy. It's could you imagine ridiculous all at the same time. Seeing a legend cryptic running beside you and you're like, With this giant fucking You're head. going 45. I'm like, Dad, 100. All I thought about this entire time I researched this and I, I was talking about this is Sheen from Jimmy Neutron. When his head... <laughs> Is like evil Sheen or genius yes, Sheen, genius Sheen. Oh my! That God. do you know? He's in the chair. His head's is like yes. growing and growing and growing. Anyways, that's all I have for you guys. Um, thanks again to Nicole and yeah, thank you so much, Nicole. I so enjoyed. Morgan, do you have any like legends in your area? I don't think so. You don't have a single legend. I don't know. Like I, I don't. I tried to think because that would be fun to do, but yeah. like I don't think I have any. I do sad. have one. I have. I have two actually in my i think we've talked about tall betsy before i've never told the story of tall betsy but yeah. we have tall betsy and then in cleveland and then we have um the little girl who uh died on the train tracks and she has what's it called when you have like a marble memorial giant grave i cannot think of the name of it oh i know <sighs> Oh, God, they're going to kill us. I know. It's, <laughs> they're going to be screaming it right now. It's literally a part of the name of it. But she 
like felt it was like a long, long time ago. And her and her parents were in like a wagon that was being pulled by horses and they were going over a train, a railroad track. And she like fell out like they were trying to go fast because there was a train coming Mm -hmm. and she fell out and her parents didn't see and she got hit by the train, which first off my area like there's so many people that get hit by trains like my own great grandmother died by getting hit by a train what yes my my mom's grandmother that's how she died when she was really young she was hit by a train we have trains but they're not like prominent at all like it like they're not in the area well you have to think like and they don't really run that much cleveland directly to to knoxville up here the reason like I-75 is where it is up there is because it rides along the train mm-hmm. tracks and yeah, it gets stuck up by the train every time I go home. From <laughs> yeah, the house. literally. And it rides up by the train tracks, but that's like all the cities on this side that run all beside each other because of the mm-hmm. train tracks. So it goes through all the downtowns. If you take uh, Highway 11, which is Kingston Pike up here, you mm-hmm. can drive that through all of the downtowns to Cleveland, it's to crazy. Chattanooga, to Georgia, to Dalton, Georgia. That's crazy. Yeah. I've done it multiple times just for fun. Shits and giggles. Just for shits and giggles. Yeah, just for fun. But. I think we do have one has to do with like a road and like this person will like claw at your car if you're on this road at a certain mm. time. I, I, I forget what it is. And I know we had a haunted tunnel, but like we don't have any like legends of like cryptids. I don't oh, think. Oh, God. I, one, day, one day what we'll do. Oh, okay. Halloween. Halloween, we should do like any stories that we heard that scared us when we were little. And I'll tell you guys all about Tall Betsy. Yeah. We've, I think we promised that since season one. Hometown yeah, stories. I think so, too. We're, we're going to bring it around, back around season three. And anyway. Uh, third third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. Taylor, what do you got for us? Okay. So the case I have for you guys today is what I think to be the perfect way to kick off Pride Month. Yay. And it's a different what, you didn't t- think Melonheads was? Well, Just kidding. yours was fun. Just kidding, know. guys. We, we've been needing a good laugh for, <laughs> for a bit. Um, but this is a different type of true crime. It's nothing that I've ever really done before in terms of true crime. But it really touched me um, when I learned about it because it was just such a beautiful story. Sad, beautiful story. Just about how life was for LGBTQ plus members before they were accepted. And, you know, still there's struggles to this day that they will face, which sucks. And they do face. But um, this is just such a gorgeous story and sad story all in one to just tell, just talk about it and just address it in a lighter manner before we go forward with this month. Let's do it. So I first heard about this story on the new Netflix movie. I don't know if it's super new, but I it's new to me. I just saw it. New to you. Day. And it's called The Imitation Game, and it's about Alan Turing. So I don't know if you know who Alan Turing is. No but, idea. Um, I was shocked that I didn't learn about him in school or something because the things that he did in his career changed modern technology and wow. literally created what we use every day phones computers everything like calculators like everything and we don't learn about him so this is his story but I do want to give you a trigger warning for suicide LGBTQ plus trauma discrimination and just really fucked up shit and there's a lot of huge words because I am talking about someone who was extremely smart and intelligent (laughs) and did tons of research so bear with me as we go through this but On June 8th, 1954, 
41-year-old Alan Turing was found dead in his home in Wimslow, Cheshire, England. He was lying on his bed with a half-eaten apple beside him. The coroner ruled that he had died due to cyanide poisoning, yet the apple he was eating was never tested. His manner of death was ruled a suicide. However, some argue that he may have been poisoned or accidentally poisoned himself. I haven't given you any details about his life or anything about him or why his death would even be debated. Alan Turing was an English mathematician, computer scientist, logician, crypt analyst, philosopher, and theoretical biologist, providing concepts of algorithms and computation of his invention, which was the Turing machine, which is the original model of the general purpose computer. No way. Yeah. He is known as the father of theoretical computer science and artificial intelligence. This is the story of Alan Turing. I'm so intrigued. This is right up my alley. I'm so excited for you. So he was born in West London on June 20. 23rd, 1912, to Julius and Ethel Sarah Turing. Alan had one older brother whose name was John, and Julius, their father, held positions within the Indian Civil Service, or now known as the Imperial Civil Service, where his father, so Alan's grandfather, was a general. Because of this, both Julia, I'm sorry, Julius and Ethel Sarah had to travel between Hastings and India, and Hastings was in the UK. And during these trips to India, Alan and John would end up staying with this retired army couple who were family friends with them. But the family later moved to Hastings and stayed in St. Leonard's on Sea, which I might be pronouncing wrong, but Sounds never really cool. heard of it, but I'll go there. I'll I'll go there if you want me to. <laughs> I will be there. I will be Sounds there. Sounds dope. From a very young age, Alan stood out as a genius. So when the family moved, Alan was enrolled at St. Michael's Primary School from the age of six until he turned nine. There, the headmistress said that she saw talented, hardworking, and very clever boys often, but Alan was a genius. He stood out. At the age of 10, Alan was moved to Hazelhurst Preparatory School in East Sussex before moving to Sherborne School at the age of 13, which was a boarding school in Dorset. His teachers were really based off of the classics, and that's all that they taught. And because of this, his teachers felt that he was wasting his time in education and natural genius abilities at this school because his natural interests were in science and math. Despite this... Alan wanted to stay and was actually remarkable in all studies. In 1928, when he was only 16, he was introduced to the work of Albert Einstein. Whoa. And he was absolutely mesmerized, unlike any other person basically in the world, but mainly in his school. I would love to be a genius just to see how my brain rolls. I would be scared to death to be a genius. I wouldn't want my brain to function on that level. I would. I would be scared to death I feel like I would be able to like transcend and like do all these different dimensional shit. The sign. probably could. That's why they're so smart. That's why they're so smart. But like you have to think about it. Like to be a genius, you're functioning at such high levels. Mm -hmm. You're overanalyzing the majority of the things that are around you. And I do that enough as is with the with the way that my brain works. That's because you're a genius. Maybe I'm a genius. Should we get my should we get tested? Are we? Are we? They're going to be like, your IQ's 50, They're like, Taylor, you cannot pronounce shit. (laughs) Marty Bass, are you listening? Tell him. Tell him already, Marty. Tell him, Marty. (laughs) 
We don't need tested. We, <laughs> we know where our testing. IQ stands. So like I said, unlike any, basically anybody else in the freaking world, but really at his school, not only did he understand Einstein's work, but he was actually able to deduce the questioning that Einstein had about Newton's laws of motion and explain this to his teachers. What the fuck? Right. Like the unimaginable. I couldn't even recite the three laws. I couldn't tell you what they are. Something about if if you throw an apple. Nope. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess, but no. That's how it was proposed to me when I was little. But anyways. Something about staying in motion. He was able to literally decode the mind of one of the most notorious mad geniuses on in history. He could decode Einstein's brain and thoughts. That's insane. And while at Sherborne, Alan became extremely close with a fellow student of his named Christopher Morcom. And the two spent every day together. And I'm talking hours each day, just discussing different things in mathematics and science. And this was the only person that Alan knew who could think like him. Christopher was Alan's first love. Alan knew his love was not reciprocated. And Christopher was really Alan's muse. Like Uncut Jams. <laughs> like Uncut Jams. And way more than a friend in Alan's eyes. Christopher inspired Alan, pushed him to expand his thinking and genius abilities. And Alan loved that about him. It challenged him. It was the first person, even more so than teachers, that could challenge this yeah. genius child. And one day, Christopher just didn't show up for classes. Alan waited and waited for him to return, but he never did. Alan knew that Christopher was sick, and it wasn't something the two spoke about often. But in February of 1930, Alan was told by the school's headmaster that Christopher had passed away of tuberculosis. Oh my god! Is that so sad? It's so sad. Alan was devastated, and he grieved by working and diving way more into these topics of science and math that him and Christopher were both interested in. Alan wrote Christopher's mother often, and they were actually really close. But Christopher's death shifted all of Alan's spiritual beliefs. He went from being a Christian, as he was raised, to believing in materialism and atheism. Also discussing the traveling of souls and spirits with Christopher's mother the way that he could understand it. Which is really interesting. That is interesting. In 1931, Alan graduated from Sherborne and began studying his undergraduate at King's College, graduating in 1934, first class honors in mathematics. In 1936, he published his paper on, quote, computable numbers with an application to the in Dung's problem. Wow. Question mark. That is one word. I'm not kidding you. That is one word. I'm so proud of you. Look up that. That is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That was wild. Um, That was awesome. But (laughs) in the proceedings, so he printed the, he published this in the proceedings of the London Mathematics Society Journal in two parts. So in this paper, he proved that his universal computing machine would be able to perform any conceivable mathematical problem um, through algorithms. And I know that sounds like a load of absolute insanity and ridiculous words because it is. But this paper has been referred to as, quote, the easiestly the most influential math paper in all of history. I have him to blame for my calculus courses. (laughs) From late 1936 to mid 1938, Allen studied under American mathematician, logician, 
philosopher and professor and editor Alonzo Church at Princeton University as a fellow. During this time, he studied cryptology. Is that how you cryptology cryptology yeah, cryptology and began oh, working on the first stages of creating the turing machine in june of 1938 he obtained his phd from princeton's department of mathematics and his dissertation introduced the concept of ordinal logic and relative computing and after this was done he moved back to the uk even though they were like please don't go please yeah, stay please leave for me please stay <laughs> please don't leave during World War II, Allen was chosen along with a team called Hut 8, um, which was a group of code breakers, to work with the at the top secret Bletchley Park in order to penetrate the secret cipher communications of access powers. My brain is hurting. Right. So in Hut 8 was a building that was a part of the section, a like section that was a part of the government code and cipher school, and it consisted of 19 code breakers. And the work that these co-breakers did was actually able to shorten World War II by approximately two to four years because of all of the ciphers they intercepted. During this time, Alan Turing made five major cryptanalytic advances. He was also able to advance and evolve the idea of his computer installation. However, because all of the work he was doing and research was top secret, he was unable to actively prove or show his findings on paper. In 1941, Allen proposed to his Hut 8 colleague, Joan Clark, who was an English cryptanalyst and numismatist, Sure. Possibly, which basically means that she was a fucking badass, all right? Period. <laughs> and she said yes. Months later, he admitted to Joan that he was actually gay and could not go through with the marriage. She completely understood this and was very happy and supportive of Alan. Good for her. Yay. Yay. I love her. From 1945 to 1947, Turing lived in Hampton, London, where he worked at the National Physical Laboratory on the design of the automatic computing engine that he presented in February of 1946, after which Allen was appointed an officer of the Order of Brit- the British Empire. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, what? In 1949, he became a deputy director of the Victoria University of Manchester's Computing Machine Lab, where he worked on the software for one of the first stored program computers. In 1950, he discussed issues with the artificial intelligence and proposed his own experiment, calling it the Turing Test, which would determine if a machine could think like a human and be classified as intelligent. At the age of 39 in 1951, Allen was elected as a fellow at the Royal Society. Holy crap. This I guy know. knew shit, guys. I he mean, knew shit. And his security clearance was extremely crazy. Like, yeah. insane. I'm sure there's plenty that hasn't even come out about him because of what he was mm-hmm. involved with. But that same year, Allen turned to mathematical biology and he published The Chemical Basis of Morphogenics in January nope. of 1952. Is that right? Morphogenesis. Morphogenesis. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Morphogenesis is the biological process that creates cells, tish, sales, cells sales. tissue, Love. or organisms to develop its shape and aspects. And this was long before the structure and role of DNA was understood, meaning that his work in this field remains relevant to today and changed mathematical biology history. 
I hate him for that. <laughs> Period. At this point in time, the Turing machine was functioning and being further developed. Allen was at an amazing point in his career, life, and studies just at the age of 39, which means that it was time for him to focus on his personal life. So after publishing his paper in January, he began dating a man named Arnold Murray. Murray was very different from Alan. He was 19 years old, unemployed, and living just by the seat of his pants without really, like, an interesting life. That sounds like me. (laughs) Really. Compared to, like, you know, his boyfriend, Alan, who literally has security clearance and, you know, part of the royal society. He's borderline Einstein. Um, But the two met just before Christmas in December of 1951, and it was because they were standing outside of the Regal Cinema on Manchester's Oxford Road, and they decided to go to lunch because they're connection was just so magnetic and undeniable by january 23rd the two were in a very exclusive and personal sexual relationship when alan's house was broken into during the middle of the night Hmm. murray knew who had broken into his home and turing reported this to the police and an investigation ensued so during questioning he acknowledged that murray and him were in a sexual relationship and the tone completely changed. No longer were police concerned about the burglary. Instead, they arrested Murray and Alan Turing because homosexuality was illegal in the UK at the time. The two were charged with gross indecency and sent to me? trial on February 27, 1952, to which Alan Turing pled guilty and was convicted. He was given the choice to be imprisoned where all of his work would be halted and belongings would be taken away or a form of probation. He chose probation, knowing what it truly meant, so that he could finish his work on the Turing machine, which he referred to as Christopher. Okay. His probation was conditional on his agreement to undergo hormonal physical changes that would reduce his libido through estrogen injections for a full year. That's so fucked up. Basically, he was being chemically castrated. Alan Turing's security clearance was stripped from him, and he was barred from being able to continue his work with the cryptographic consultants agency through the government communication headquarters and denied entry from ever entering the United States. It is fucked What the up. fuck? On June 8th, 1954, Alan was found dead in his apartment by his housekeeper at the age of 41. He was lying on his bed with a half-eaten apple beside him, as I stated in the beginning. His cause of death was ruled cyanide poisoning, and it was determined that he had died the night before. An inquest determined that he had committed trigger warning suicide by poisoning his own apple in order to recreate his favorite fairy tale snow white yet the apple was never tested to prove this later philosopher jack copeland believed that this was incorrect and alan's death was actually due to accidental inhalation of cyanide fumes which is what his chemical numbers during his autopsy would lean more to and Turing had been using this to dissolve gold in his spare room. Oh, shit. In addition to this, Alan ate an apple every single night before bed. This was nothing revolutionary. He did this every an single night. An apple a day. I mean, is that how we become away. a genius? Apple a night? An apple a day. He didn't go to the doctors. I know that. I don't know, right? And also, the thought that he had committed suicide was so outlandish. Not, not to mention just because of where he was in life. You know, despite what was going on with 
his conviction and everything being rights. stripped from him, yeah. L- literally his rights being taken away. And despite that, that's what was going on in his life. He was actually really content because of everything that had happened. It forced him to have to focus on his own Turing machine and fixing it, making and that it was better. his baby. And that was his baby. So he got to spend all of his time doing this and he cont- continued working as a professor and a fellow. He didn't get all that, but like government wise, he mm-hmm. wasn't allowed to work in there. But he had written out his to-do list for the next day on his desk at his university office and had um, a delivery coming the next day for this like big break in his research equipment. And I'm not saying that people that are depressed and in a suicidal state don't do that, but it just didn't align with who he was. And not to mention the fact he showed no signs of depression. And again, people can hide it. But the only time he ever did was a few months before his death when he saw a fortune teller. He was obsessed with fortune tellers and psychics and mediums. Interesting. For a genius. That's really interesting. He had gone into this like fortune teller's tent at this beach when he was with a friend at the beach. And he came out and he was sick. Like his face was completely pale. His entire mood changed. And he never would speak about what the lady told him. Oh, I have to know. Please I know. Tell me There's you know. nothing. There's nothing. No. I, I couldn't find anything on it. But despite this, no one ever actually cared to take the time to look into his death simply because he was a gay man. Take away the fact that this man is literally a genius and changed technology, changed mathematics. He gave you your computer. Literally helped, had a hand in ending World War II two to four years before and you just threw him to the fucking side because he was gay because of who he loved are you kidding me it's a joke it's a joke and i want to add a little side note this is not my notes anywhere and i couldn't really find anything on it but the fact that he ate apples every night makes you know like that could be something that someone picked up premeditated like Mm -hmm. he knows they know he eats Apples Apples every every night. night. Yeah. In 2009, after John Graham Cumming, a British software engineer and writer best known for writing the POP file, which is now known as the email spam filtering program. Thank Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Started a petition with more than 30,000 signatures, urging the British government to apologize formally for Turing's inhumane treatment and prosecution as a homosexual. On September 10th, the Prime Minister, Gordon Brown, released a statement saying, Thousands of people have come together to demand justice for Alan Turing in recognition of the appalling way he was treated. While Turing was dealt with under the law of the time and we can't put the clock back, his treatment was, of course, utterly unfair, and I am pleased to have the chance to say how deeply sorry I and we all are for what happened to him. So, on behalf of the British government and all those who live freely thanks to Alan's work, I am very proud to say, we're sorry. You deserved so much better. By December of 2011, William Jones and John Leach created another e-petition saying, We ask that the HM government to grant a pardon to Alan Turing for the conviction of, quote, gross indecency in 1952. He was convicted of gross indecency with another man and forced to undergo so-called organotherapy or chemical castration. 
Two years later, he killed himself with cyanide at just the age 41. Alan Turing was driven to a terrible despair and early death by the nation he'd done so much to save. This remains a shame on the British government and British history. A pardon can go some way to healing the damage. It may act as an apology to many other gay men, not as well known as Turing was, but who were subjected to these laws, demanding that this conviction be pardoned and this had 37,000 signatures on December 23rd 2014 Queen Elizabeth II personally signed a pardon I mean I could cry for the conviction of Turing for gross indecency putting into effect immediately this was only her fourth ever royal pardon granted since the second world war In September of 2016, the government created the Alan Turing Law, which is an amnesty law to retroactively pardon men who were convicted under the historical legislation that outlawed homosexual acts. Alan Turing is considered to be the father of computer science, and according to Time Magazine's publishing in 1999, one of the top most important people in the 20th century. And he was gay. Amazing. I know. Oh. So I have one more little thing about Alan Turing, and it's that he has a treasure. What? Mm -hmm. So out of fear of what would happen to his savings in the event of German invasion during World War II, Alan purchased two silver bars that weighed almost 200 pounds each. Holy shit. And today would be worth $10,000. He took these bars to the forest outside of Bletchley Park Mansion, which is where the Hut 8 was, and buried them. However, when he returned after the war to retrieve them, he was unable to break his own code. And from my understanding, to this day, his treasure has never been found. Oh my god. Yes. So if you I love s- that. This is just I loved I loved love love. I hope I did it justice. I know I've been struggling a little bit recently for words. some reason with telling stories, but I hope you guys love this case as much as I did. I That is a true fucking crime. That is a That true is crime true crime. Right there. That is true crime and no one can tell me differently. When I was watching this movie with Logan, I was just like I- I'm sick i have to talk about this i have to talk about this i cannot i mean i've never even heard of him like that's crazy i've heard of the turing machine yes i've never once heard of alan turing it is a giant huge piece of history advance and piece of history that that wasn't even corrected until 2014 2009 to 2014 good for the queen so that's the case i loved it turing I loved it. I'm glad you loved it. I loved it too. I just think his story is so beautiful, but it's Mm -hmm. so sad. Yes, it is. And to talk about, to have the like ability to be able to discuss someone who was just that influential in history is amazing to me. Yep. Absolutely. I promise I'll get back to some sort of a normal version of true crime that you guys like, but I just felt like we kind of needed a second to breathe. That's yeah. not so gory, and that's why Morgan did melon heads, and <laughs> and I did Melonheads. something that wasn't so nasty. But I mean, it well, shit, this one was just fucking nasty. Yeah, this but one it luckily so had a somewhat awful. of a happy ending for sure. Um, but I wish he was alive today to be able to see it. And I will. So well, he would have been as to what he would have done. <laughs> yeah, you know what else he would have done? Could you imagine? Yeah. Could you imagine what Alan Turing could have done? 
the world the possibilities are endless so i we're gonna say this you're we're probably gonna say it a hundred more times from here on out but happy pride month and members of the lgbtq plus community whether you're actively involved or it's something you like to keep to yourself um, please know that you are loved, loved, loved by us, and we always support people being their authentic self, genuine self, and that makes you happy. Yeah, you do you, you be happy, and don't be afraid. I know there's these horror stories like I just read to you, but you are beautiful, you are loved, and you are normal. There's nothing that is not normal about you. Don't cry. So we love you. You are always welcome here. This is a safe This is space. a safe space. And for forever, we will stand by your side as an ally. And maybe you can take us to a pride parade one time. Yeah. Because we want to go really bad. Really bad. Please. But we're always out of town. <laughs> Please and thank you. Please and thank you. Take us to a pride parade. I know we could probably go on our own, but I would well, I would love to go and be able to like, meet own, people. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, um, guys, happy Pride Month. I cannot wait to see all of your pictures and all the fun things that you do. We love you so much and we are going to let you guys go now and wanted to remind you one more time that you are going to be hearing us discuss after this the mass shootings out of Buffalo and Robb Elementary. So proceed with caution if you would like to and trigger warnings um, for all of the things. Um, And if you don't want to, thanks so much for listening. We love you and have a happy June. Happy gym. Bye. This last couple of weeks here in the States, because we have some out international of country, listeners. yeah, some, some international listeners, it has been really hard on everybody yeah it really has and um let's just kind of talk about it because we gave you guys a disclaimer in the beginning of the last episode that came out because we we recorded we record our episodes a week before they go out and we had obviously no idea of what the climate would be at that point um and it's just it's really hard for us to talk about and we even thought about putting out a bonus little discussion about it but we just haven't been able to comfortably get our thoughts together and even now we're struggling but um the last few weeks the first few weeks of may in 2022 there are two mass shootings in one in new york one in texas which is just absolutely fucking unacceptable it's like it is time for a change i don't know how many times people have to say that like this is i mean these are kids ridiculous these are i mean i mean it's it's heartbreaking this is heartbreaking and buffalo there was the shooting in the supermarket supermarket, and it was a hate crime it was straight up a hate crime of this man when are we gonna be over that live streaming on twitch yeah Live streaming on Twitch. When are we going to come to the point where we are fucking accepting of everybody, regardless of the color of their skin? Like, it is ridiculous. It, it is makes 20, no sense. Like, 20, 
too. Why the fuck does that bother you? Like, honest yeah. to God, like I just, I maybe I just truly don't fucking get it. I just, I do not understand it. I don't understand that mindset. Mm-hmm. That's just not the way I was raised. That's not the way that I think. That's not the people I surround myself with. I just don't get it. I don't get it. And what did that? What did that one article say that he held the gun up to a, a white? Oh, he held the gun cashier. up to the white clerk and said, "I'm sorry," and he then apolog- turned the gun. He fucking apologized and put the gun down. Because it was straight up a hate crime, screaming racial slurs the entire time as people with their kids and their family are hiding in the break room, streaming, streaming on Twitch. And they were like, it got taken down in two minutes. I'm like, it doesn't matter. What? Are you fucking kidding? Obviously, he's talked about this on Twitch before. If he's that comfortable streaming. Right. Absolutely. And then he they they were able to arrest him because they were able to negotiate with him outside. But I'm like, okay, which also leads us to the um, Texas Robb Elementary School shooting. 19, 19 kids, mm. kids, babies, babies, and two teachers. And the lack of like police response in that situation is just well, infuriating. I didn't know really a lot about it. And I saw people talking about it. But you guys know we, we don't really... I don't want anybody to think that we're out here just like hating on everybody. We're not right. like that. We really do give credit when due. But when we see an injustice, it's an injustice. It's an injustice. Literally, I was reading this article with Morgan and I. We were just scrolling through a bunch of articles to make sure that we were really caught up in any developments before we got on the mic. And it was talking about how he was being tr- chased by police at first. An SRO officer began pursuing a chase against a teacher that was driving off that they thought was the shooter. And then outside, there's cops with him. He goes into the school. They put the school on lockdown. They won't go in because he's shooting at them, which I'm like, and then, and then parents are running over as this is happening that live across the street. They're getting tackled. Literally, they're getting tackled and tased by officers that are standing outside. I told Morgan, I said, listen, if my baby, my sister, your kids, like my niece, my nephew, someone that I loved was in that fucking school, the murder I would commit outside of the school to get in, to get my baby, to kill whoever the shit was hurting them and their friends and their classmates and their peers, I would literally murder people to get in. And I wouldn't give a fuck. Because if you're not, if you're going to stand here and stop me from going and taking care of this, since obviously no one else is, but the fact that he was in there for 60 minutes and then an officer in the hallway outside of the classroom where the shootings were taking place that he had barricaded himself into said, scream if you need help. And kids were screaming that they need help and then getting shot because it was showing where they were in their hiding spot. Scream if you need help. Scream if you need help. Does any do any other countries have lockdowns, lockdown drills? Do you guys do no lockdown other countries? Drills? Do you have do you this. have school shootings? Obviously, no. no. I mean, literally, I read I watched this documentary. The United States owns 40 percent of the guns that are in the entire world. And yeah. it's owned by civilians. Yeah, I believe that. And it, and it then they were like, well, and we're pe- not over here. Like, take your gun. Take no, all the guns. Like, no. we're not like, no, we're not against well, the right to bear arms. We're no, we're not. I mean, we're I'm not. not. It's we're not. We don't love guns. You obviously know that about us. We don't love guns. We don't like being around them. We don't want to. But we can't even tell you what a fucking name of a gun is. And I'm yeah. telling you a story. But 
the the thing is, and we actually had a conversation about this with one of our listeners who messaged back to us, and it was basically saying like, okay, well, what what will these laws and policies that you're proposing do? And in my opinion, I think it should be 10 times harder to get a gun in the United States than it should be to get a job, to get a house, to get a car, to get approved for a loan. You should not be able to walk in, buy a gun Mm -hmm. and walk the fuck out on your 18th birthday. And the fact that it's different, that's what that that's what the killer did. He Mm -hmm. literally bought it on his 18th birthday, bought two assault rifles on his 18th birthday and just walked out and then went and did this. So I think it should be 10 times harder to get a gun. I think that you should have to have recommendations. You should have to have a co-signer. To get through it. Yeah, you should have to have a co-signer who would then be held accountable if you ever did some crazy shit like this. Mm -hmm. Because, and you should have to have like a medical recommendation. Yeah. Because then that A, helps people to stop harming themselves and others. Yeah. I mean. I agree. There should just be a ton more. Yeah, it needs to be. I mean, these this laws is ridiculous. were put into place in the freaking 1800s like this <laughs> we don't live in the 1800s anymore no, you know we don't we have when security those laws systems were put in the place there wasn't automatic weapons there no, wasn't no no and and also on top of all of that like on top of all of the whatever you should have to say like okay what am i going to be using this gun for are you a hunter okay great dope let me see your license let me see your hunting license perfect you're great yeah. And we did this whole check. You're good. Yeah. But, I mean, this should. I mean, this. It just shouldn't be as easy as buying a fucking candy bar <laughs> to buy a gun. Something that's a, I mean, a death change, machine. Change needs to happen. Unfortunately, I don't see Texas making any sort of change because it's Texas. But I mean, literally. I mean, Texas is trying there. to literally be their own country. So, <laughs> by all means. And also, it shouldn't be by state. Yeah, like, I agree. It should be. This a should national, be a unanimous. Yeah. Like, if you're a part of the United States, these are your gun restrictions and laws. Period. Because, I mean, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. That is insane. You're telling me that literally we have people in prison for buying weed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're like, you cannot buy and sell weed. But if you want to buy and sell a gun, you that got means, it. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. It's oh, enraging. It's so we just really wanted to address this with you guys and talk with you about it. And please feel free if, you know, there's a discussion that needs to be had. We, we love we love to, A, gain knowledge if there's something that we've missed out on. If we just sound like two fucking idiots, like whatever you want. But basically, th- this is unacceptable. These are babies. These are people. In the videos babies. of them. Oh, my God. Interv- the interviews after like, the fact. Please put the cameras out of their face. I'm like. I don't want to hear what this fucking poor traumatized little boy has to say about how he was telling his friends to get under the curtain table to hide. And then that news station publicizes it to make millions. And then they're posting like, this is really hard to watch. I'm like, yeah, it fucking is. Mm -hmm. He's he's literally the only thing he should be fucking worried about is if his friend's going to be home to play when he gets out when he gets outside after school. Not fucking worried about if and someone's going to come in so there and shoot all of those, all of those children, they're so strong. The ones that are talking about oh it. Because like, and it, it's almost like a normalcy to them. You know, like it it's is. like, it is. it's so fucking sad. Like there's got, there's got to be. They're a, just talking about it like, you know, like, oh, I don't know. I mean, it's just fucking sad. It's just fucking no, sad. No, they're just really like recounting it. Like, yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have no idea the gravity of yeah. what they no. just 
happened, what happened to them, to them, you know, there's, we've got this, this shooting, this school shooting, this mass shooting. We hear about it all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm tired of being like, not shocked when I get that fucking notification on my phone. Yeah. I want to be stunned. I want to be stunned. I want to be like every other country that's looking at us right now being like, what the fuck? What are those crazy fucks doing? Like literally. What is wrong with America? Name me another country, a developed country like us that has instances like this. Even, even like different countries. What were the terms for like, um, not as developed countries? I can't think of the proper term to use but in other countries that have way higher crime rates than the united states and other developed countries not once have has there been a fucking school shooting right because they know kids are no but we're sending our kids to school we're we're sending them basically to the front lines of the military yeah oh my god it's so disturbing i just have no i have no words i just am it's just appalling it's sad it's fucked up it's so fucked up and and i also do want to make a point to say that i also think that we play a, a part in it like we literally oh, yeah. pay, play a part in this by talking about these true crime cases and these these killers they romanticize the idea of being remembered by a, a cool ass serial killer name or mm-hmm. being in the news for the rest of your life and then we compensate their families so that they'll be gi- giving interviews and shit like that we compensate them guys look up how much money these uh, families these uh, murderers families make how much they get from these news stations that pay them for interviews <laughs> i mean it is fucking appalling we're a part but of the what problem. is the what but what is the fascination and what is the obsession of that of learning about true crime i, I don't know because like, it's is just, it just that we're obsessed with like why the why i think it's the, the why how? and then i also think it plays a large role in the fact of like oh like awareness of like awareness yourself which is wh- where we come like, from know what not to do we yes not what not to do but also the the fact that this shit just seems so insane Mm-hmm. like literally like the, it can't be real like it can't be real it seems like it's fake yeah. because it's it, i mean it literally is fucking insane that people can go harm other human beings like they're fucking like predators and prey yeah like living in the wild yeah i mean it, it's a, it's fucking sick it's fucking sick and i don't want you guys to ever think that we are ever we are a huge victims advocate always which is where we've we always strive to be and if you ever feel that we're not let us know yeah because i will immediately fucking shut that down i will immediately change it i will i just i'll never i'll never get it i'll never get it 